Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the DC Beer Show. We've got a short one for you today. Uh, we just talked to a couple of folks in the area. One of the interesting things happening out there is Beer Me, B-I-E-R-M-I, which is a new online platform that was developed out of True Respite Brewing Company in Rockville, Maryland. We've got Brendan O'Leary and Brian O'Connor who put this into place with us on the show. And then a little bit later on, we'll be talking to Matt Humbird, who many of you know from Patent Brewing Company and being an all-around good guy. Uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the live shows that he's been doing on Facebook, about distilling, and shows he has coming up to help homebrewers and professional brewers do a better job and be able to do some cool stuff in their kitchens. Let's head up to True Respite Brewing Company in Rockville, Maryland, Brendan O'Leary and Brian O'Connor. Thank you guys both for joining us on the DC Beer Show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Great. Uh, so we talked in the past, Brendan, about Beer Me when we were talking more about the, the virus and how it's impacting the industry. Uh, and you gave us a little bit of the background. But why don't you walk us back to the moment that you sort of had the idea for launching this thing right away? It's probably, I guess, something that was in the back of your mind in the past. But tell us how it came about. So it was actually Brian who pushed us uh, to consider this in the immediate moment because he's been our technology guy all along. And he's been saying, yo, I can develop this tool. I can help you guys do home deliveries. We can make this a thing that no one else is doing. And, you know, as a guy in the industry, talking to a guy out of the industry, my answer was always, there's a reason nobody's doing it. It's not legal. So I'm not going to like risk my license to go do home deliveries. And he's like, yeah, but think about it. You know, he's that, that <laughs> friend in the background. So we're watching everything that's happening in Italy. And, you know, people talk a lot about the curve when it comes to coronavirus. And the focus a lot of times is on how to flatten that and make sure that you're not getting a huge spike of people who need hospital services at once. But the other thing that it does is when the virus has started somewhere else, you can see how our curve compares to their curve. And it's almost like having a looking glass into the future and you can see what we can expect to happen here that has happened elsewhere. And we were watching Italy in particular and how we were mimicking their early days of their curve. And it really was a fair glance into the future for what we could expect. And Brian and another buddy of ours, also named Brian, but that Brian with a Y, got together and we're like, we got to push True Respite to do this direct-to-consumer delivery thing. And so Brian with an I, this Brian, called me that day and he was like, hey man, it's time. And this was uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> wow. So Friday the 13th of March. Okay. And so I was like, all right, I got to talk to Bailey and Kenny, my business partners about this because it's still not legal. Like breweries, tap rooms, bars, they're still operating restaurants. Like nothing has happened yet. And we made the decision using the information from Italy's curve and seeing what was happening at the time to say, we got to be prepared. It's time for us to have this tool in the tool belt. Wow. And so you guys started building this about the middle of March. And Brian, you've been thinking about this, obviously, for a while. What was your approach from a technological aspect to get this built and up so fast? I've really taken the Mark Zuckerberg early days approach, build fast or build quickly, break things. And we've definitely done both. So as Brendan mentioned, we had the idea and the conversations that Friday, March 13th. And Brendan called me back later that night and said, we're going to go forward with it. 
and I, I still didn't believe it was actually going to happen. So I, I went to bed, got a good night's rest, woke up at uh, 8 a.m. the next day, had uh, breakfast with the wife and kids. And then at 9 a.m. sat down at my desk till 4 a.m. on Sunday, just went heads down. Uh, if wow. you've ever seen the show Silicon Valley to where they get in that zone, I was in that zone. And my wife was phenomenal. She brought food to me. She brought water and drinks to me, kept, you know, coffee, kept me going. And it, at a certain point, you know, you, you start thinking like, man, I wonder if Brendan's actually ever going to launch this. Um, I mean, at certain points, it it felt like we were dragging our feet a little bit waiting for the government to to make a a move. And uh, of course, that wasn't happening fast enough. But then that all changed on on Monday. So Monday around noon, Governor Hogan made an announcement, hey, we're shutting down all tap rooms, all bars and restaurants, and we're going to permit delivery as well as pickup uh, for these breweries. Um, Actually, I will correct that record. The governor did shut down bars and restaurants and tap rooms at, uh, it was, I think 11.15 was when he was making the announcement. The words were coming out of his mouth and they did not permit delivery right away. As far as I recall, I think there was actually a lag between when he announced that and when he announced that he had enacted an executive order to permit takeout and delivery. So there was a, a information vacuum for a short period of time. Wow. So when did it launch? I guess, Brendan, you approved this thing on Friday, March 13th. Brian, you spent the weekend building essentially a website with a back end that allows uh, you to take orders for beer. When did this thing go live? I guess in theory, Sunday afternoon, we, we had the thing up and running. Brendan was clicking around, testing it, giving me some feedback. We made some tweaks on, on Sunday afternoon, and I essentially went into a, a holding pattern waiting for the government to announce shutdowns or to give us a window to proceed. And I, we were thinking it might have actually been Thursday that week that we'd get the announcement, but it came a lot sooner than we were expecting. Hmm. The announcement came Monday at noon. Um, okay. Brian started coding Saturday morning at 9 a.m., and we were live and publicly announced on Monday at noon. Wow. That is very impressive from the standpoint of a work fast and break things uh, approach, uh, just a couple of days to get a product built and live. Now, you thought very early, Brendan, about having Beer Me be a platform that was open not just to True Respite, but to other breweries to help them be able to deliver and, and manage ordering and sort of simplify the process. What was your sort of first engagement with other breweries around this idea? Uh, Well, let me talk a little bit about the reasoning behind that. First of all, um, our mission is to get as many of our peers through this crisis as we possibly can. And uh, it didn't feel right to charge, obviously, if you're trying to help people survive. So we said right away, early on, we're going to give it out for free. And what made us comfortable kind of taking that approach, I tell the story a decent bit, but it's been hugely impactful and influential in how we've run our business. Um, we did a collaboration brew with Saints Row Brewing Company, and they're like a mile up the street from us in Rockville. They opened like six months before we did. And when we released that collaboration brew, it was probably a month or a few weeks before we opened our own brewery. And Tony, the proprietor over there, let us come behind his bar, tell his customers about the beer that we brewed together and and pitch our own business that was opening up a mile up the road from his own business. And that act of community and that kind gesture giving us something when we were most um, vulnerable, I guess, has really stuck with me. And so that mindset, we've tried to pay it forward as often and as big a way as we possibly can. And so when Brian was talking about this tool and what he wanted it to do and how it would work and we were developing features together, it quickly became obvious that this was too powerful and too critical at the juncture 
that we were in in order to uh, just keep it for ourselves. So we felt it was our duty to share this because brewing is a communal industry, fortunately, and the collaboration mm-hmm. and community between all of the brewers is unparalleled in other industries. And we want to be an active part of that. So that's kind of where the idea came from and how the story developed. I know there was a little bit of uh, hesitation among other brewers when you first approached them about this, which is a little bit understandable, having you know another brewery sort of having control over the, uh, the sort of point of sale aspect. Uh, how are breweries responding now and, and how has that changed over time? I think Brian and I can both answer this question. Um, we're getting feedback independently of one another from consumers and brewers alike who are just saying thank you over and over again, which is a great feeling to honestly receive that feedback because it means it's working, honestly. And that's really what we wanted. I mean, Brian said he went heads down for 19 straight hours just on the first day alone. You don't put that kind of time in with the anticipation that maybe some people might use it and we'll see if it makes a difference. You want to hope that you're making an impact when you sacrifice as much as as he has in particular. And um, we're seeing that we're making an impact. Great. How many breweries uh, are on the system now, give or take? Yeah, so I, I just looked it up. So there are 71 active breweries that have, have been selling on Beer Me. Um, wow. and that's a live number. And actually, a few minutes ago, we just crossed over the $430,000 of processed revenue. So um, this thing has had huge wow. impact. It's, it's created jobs or at least brought jobs back, which is, that ultimately is why we're doing it. We're trying to save businesses, save jobs, um, keep this country moving. So that alone is enough to, to you know, keep me paid uh, just emotionally. <laughs> and as Brendan mentioned, the feedback we've been getting has been phenomenal. So I got a message yesterday from uh, a guy named David who happens to be a, one of the consumers. And his message just said, thank you for existing. Seriously, I love you. <laughs> and like, it, that just that just feels good. Um, yeah. that's, that's why we do it. And, and that's why we want to continue to try to offer this as a free service. Well, let me ask a technical question about how this is all b- being implemented. So when somebody goes to Beer Me, which is B-I-E-R-M-I, dot com right yep uh so beerme.com there's a list of breweries from which they can choose some of them will deliver to where your location is not maybe not all of the breweries on the list will deliver to a specific location that 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 a user is in but they essentially pick what they want to have delivered pay for it through the app and then sometime over the next day or so the beer shows up at their door is that pretty much it that's pretty much it. Yeah. The, the first thing from a, for a consumer that they'll see is, is please enter your address. And so you enter your home address and then we filter the breweries that are, are within your area that will deliver as well as pick up um, or offer pickup or, or curbside uh, services. Um, and so you can go right from there to, to ordering. And it, one of the features that's been requested is to see kind of a, a single marketplace with all of the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to do that. Right now, our, our permitting and, and licensing doesn't really allow us to do that because the transaction exists between the consumer and the brewery and the right. brewery handles the alcohol and, and that whole transaction. So we are not a retailer. We're not a distributor. I mean, we don't take custody of the alcohol at any point during the transaction. Right. So one of the things that I noticed in using the the, the software that we want to make sure that listeners understand is, is that you can't go to beer me and say, okay, I want a six pack of this from Silver Branch and a four pack of that from True Respite and also give me a couple of these six packs from Hysteria. Each order is an individual transaction you're doing with the brewery. So I can go and say, okay, I'm going to make this order with True Respite. Now I'm going to go make this order with Silver Branch and that order with Hysteria. And each one, each transaction is separate and each delivery is separate. Yep. Think of it like a a flea market and breweries are coming, they're pitching their tent and 
the transactions are happening right there, right there at the tent. We're just doing that and, and allowing that and facilitating that transaction in the digital world. Yeah. So it's so it's important to understand that if you buy beer from True Respite, True Respite is is making that revenue, but also delivering that beer. And if you buy it from another brewery through Beer Me, that transaction is essentially directly with that brewery and they'll be delivering that beer, which is a great model, I think, um, to simplify the whole legal aspects of what you're doing. Like you said, you're in no possession of somebody else's beer at any point. You're not a distributor. You're not a retailer. Uh, but just making it that easy for a brewery to take those types of orders and manage that transaction easier so that they can focus on making the beer, packaging the beer, and getting the beer out to the consumers. Correct. I mean, the biggest advantage to using BeerMe over other sites, if we're going to talk about functionality, is the back end. Um, the management of taking orders and fulfilling orders and completing deliveries is, from what I've seen, unparalleled from any other solution. And ours is free. So there's, there's no good reason where if you're trying to make home deliveries happen to not use our platform. Um, still working on some inventory upgrades so that we can uh, connect better with other people's existing inventory systems. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the timeline looks like for that. But in terms of delivery logistics, I mean, even as a consumer, you get notified when the van is loaded with your product. You get notified when you're the next customer on the route. So you know that I should be by my door because the beer will probably show up in 10 minutes. And uh, there's just a lot about it that makes it easy both as a brewer and as a consumer. Yeah. And just, just to add to that a little bit, what you can expect here shortly in the future is to see a live update of where your van is in transit. Um, oh, nice. Very similar to Uber or Lyft, where we're going to have that vehicle on a map, and you as a consumer can track it all the way to your door. So you, if, if it's 30 minutes away, you can expect to see it show up in, in 30 minutes, maybe more if they have to make a few stops. Um, but, but making that transaction a lot smoother, making those windows a little bit tighter, and, and setting the expectation on when your beer is going to show up, I th that's going to make all the difference for us. I, I think it definitely will. And the the unsaid thing, the thing we haven't talked about is is what happens after uh, when things start to gear back up, when things start to get back to normal, which we all hope will be sooner rather than later. What are your plans for Beer Me beyond the pandemic? Shoot, we've been kicking that around like crazy. <laughs> um, honestly, the focus has been so hard on just get people through this. And we're trying to spend the time to make plans for what comes next. So we've talked about the um, feasibility that home deliveries remain legal um, for brewers. And there's a chance that they do. There's a chance that they don't. Uh, there are also other opportunities that um, software can easily fill needs that exist in the space right now. So tank management and production planning is a huge place where there's a, a real shortage of viable software. Um, mm -hmm. So there's opportunities there. There's other manufacturers, other makers. So the Beer Me platform is actually completely viable for coffee roasters, kombucheries, cideries, meaderies, oh, yeah. wineries, distilleries. So all of them are allowed to use this. This is a maker platform for craft beverages of all varieties. And many of those already have uh, shipping or um, delivery rights. It's just the breweries that really don't. So there are opportunities for um, all kinds of different businesses to use this successfully, even going into the future. Oh, there's Bailey, my wife and business partner, who has just walked by. <laughs> and she's masked because uh, she, she was outside. Awesome. Yes. Well, it definitely sounds like Beer Me is an inventive solution. Thanks to your foresight, Brendan, you and Bailey sort of seeing what was coming down the road. And of course, Brian putting in 19 hours to get this thing built right away and creating this opportunity for breweries to be able to uh, get product get product out to the community, responding so quickly to the changes 
in the business and the business model as a result of everyone staying home and your business is basically being closed down. I think it's really exciting what you've done. Uh, and is there anything else you want folks to know, Brendan or Brian, about Beer Me? Um, we're here to stay. This is something that we want people to find value in. We're very receptive to feature changes, feature requests. We're trying to build tools that are going to be valuable for breweries in the long run, not just in the short term. And changes we can implement now that are going to last and make a difference for folks are important to us. Um, I mean, you alluded to it earlier. The future of, of home deliveries is uncertain. So we just need to make sure that we're continuously providing value for our customers and Brian's responsiveness in particular in getting features implemented constantly. I mean, Brian, how many hours a week would you say you're putting into Beer Me? Uh, we're putting in probably 80 to 100 hours a piece, right? Just on, wow. on Beer Me. And, and Brendan's really boots on the ground um, as far as True Respite goes. He's been working with me closely, giving me live feedback as he's out doing deliveries or his, his employees are out doing deliveries. Um, the process goes everything from where you're, you're using the pick sheet to collect items, load the van, uh, live updates to the customer and that sort of thing. So, so taking that feedback and incorporating it into the product has been uh, a little overwhelming at first. We have gotten a thousand requests for all different scenarios and, and we're trying to take them on to give you a little bit of insight into where we're going next. Uh, so deliveries have all been by zip code to date. So we're going to improve the delivery zones to where breweries can now manage that by county, by state. We are adding categories to where a lot of breweries are selling merchandise or food. Um, so that'll be coming out soon, as well as some locations. So some breweries or, or wineries have multiple locations uh, mm. for pickup. And so mm -hmm. uh, allowing the customer to select that location during the checkout process uh, is coming. Yesterday, we rolled out scanners for uh, QR codes. And so now from the orders page, uh, which is what the, the brewery sees, they can quickly scan a QR code from a customer um, and help keep that transaction touchless. And so we're, we're very sensitive about the spread of the virus right now. And so having that QR code and, and the QR scanner built into the application is going to help facilitate that. We also have some deposits rolling out. So keg deposits, can deposits. So states like Vermont, Maine, Michigan all have can deposits. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're handling those. And then, as I mentioned, the live locations for your delivery driver as they're making their way to your house with your delicious brews. So expect all of that to roll out in the next week or so. And then I guess there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. So so with BeerMe, all of the features and the functionality today are, are great. But, it, you know, we've only been around for four weeks. Uh, we started development yesterday, four weeks ago, and we launched four weeks ago on, on Monday. So this is really just the start of brewery management software. And Brendan mentioned like tank planning, some supply chain features, um, so we expect breweries to, once they're on this platform, wholly adopt it for a lot of their operations and, and management. Um, so, the, I mean, the first four weeks were great, but I mean, I expect the first couple of years to be just absolutely phenomenal. That is really, really exciting. And it's it's so interesting to hear about the kind of innovation that this sort of terrible pandemic situation is leading to and driving new ways of not just delivering beer to consumers, but like you said, like thinking about just brewery management and bringing more technology into brewery management. And it's a horrible situation that sort of instigated this, of course, but the types of innovation in response to it, especially what you guys are doing with Beer Me is really fantastic. Yeah. There's no question it's a bad situation, but there's no reason we can't celebrate the good things that are coming out of it, too. So we have to look for silver linings and for, for happy stories at this point. And our hope is that this remains one of them. 
Absolutely. Well, Brendan O'Leary and Brian O'Connor, the uh, minds behind and I guess founders of Beer Me. Oh, I did have one more question. Uh, what's the coverage area for Beer Me right now in terms of your uh, in terms of the breweries that are on the platform? All right. So I guess states that, that we're currently live in are uh, Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Texas, Louisiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, New Hampshire, Vermont, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Um, so we are over most of the U.S. Uh, and adding new states and new breweries daily. So we're adding between two and ten breweries per day. Wow. Um, I think New Mexico is actually on the, uh, the soon-to-launch list, so excited about that. That is incredibly exciting that this is now spread in four weeks to uh, much of the United States. Well, again, Brian O'Connor and Brendan O'Leary, thank you both very, very much for coming on the DC Beer Show to tell us the incredible story of creating and launching Beer Me in just four weeks and now having it be over so much of the country. It's really exciting what you guys are doing. It's an amazing response to a difficult situation for the industry. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, appreciate the time. Thank you both very much. Well, many of you, if you listen to the show, you know who Matt Humbird is. Uh, he is a well-respected member of the craft beer community here in the DMV, hopefully soon to open a new brewery called Patent. And of course, Matt is basically a microbiologist who really knows as much about yeast as anybody in the area. Um, we're going to talk to Matt about some of the stuff that he's been doing on Facebook Live during the pandemic just to keep brewers, home brewers, and professional brewers alike up to date on some of the interesting things that uh, you can do with biology and chemistry in your own kitchens. Well, I have Matt Humbard with me on the line today. Uh, many of you know Matt from Patent Labs and Patent Brewing Company, uh, but we're here to talk to Matt today because of his incredible expertise in microbiology and the science behind a lot of what's going on right now. So the first thing I asked Matt to, to talk to us about is just help us understand a little bit about flattening the curve and, and what that means and, and why we're all doing it. So thanks for joining us today, Matt. Sure. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. So if you want to understand what flatten the curve means, um, all organisms sort of grow on the same pattern. So there's a slow period of growth followed by a rapid period of growth followed by when something becomes limiting, it'll flatten out at the top and people will call this like stationary or static growth. And then it'll start to fall off at the end when whatever limiting nutrient goes into short supply. So you end up with this sort of S-shaped curve for the growth of any organism, bacteria or virus or whatever you're studying. But when epidemiologists talk about flattening the curve, what they're talking about is shortening that rapid growth phase and getting whatever organism, the virus or the bacteria, to move into that stationary phase or static phase faster. So getting out of exponential phase faster and st spending longer in stationary phase. And the way to do that for in any situation is to find something that that organism needs to grow and then limit it, make it a starvation condition for whatever it needs. And in the case of a viral outbreak, that's people. So the virus is effectively using people to replicate itself. And so if you limit the supply of something it needs, it ceases to replicate. And in the case of self-quarantining or social distancing or physical distancing, I know people don't like the word social distancing because it makes it sound like you're cut off from other people. But 
physically distancing yourself from another human being limits that virus's ability to grow because it doesn't have access to humans and it needs humans to grow or bats or spiny anteaters or whatever, but it needs a host to grow. And if you spread those hosts out or large enough distance over a long period of time, then you're limiting its growth because a essential nutrient effectively is now limited from it. And if you do that well and effectively, it moves the virus out of its exponential growth and into its stationary growth phase. And that means you're that much closer to, quote unquote, curing the population of it, because eventually those viruses stop replicating in their hosts and then they start to die off because your immune system catches up and starts to clear them out. Um, so that's roughly what it means to flatten the curve. It's to push that viral growth into that stationary phase out of the exponential phase. If it's growing in the exponential phase, it means that it's unlimited by its environment and there's really no limit how many viral particles you can make until there's so many people that are infected that it literally just can't infect more people. Well, thank you for that overview of the whole flatten the curve thing. I think it's uh, it's helpful for people to understand that. Uh, and of course, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about how the the efforts to flatten the curve are affecting the brewery industry. Uh, and of course, not just the brewer industry, the restaurants, uh, distilleries, many of whom are switching over to uh, making a lot of sanitizer because there's a lot of alcohol in sanitizers. And if you're not selling it uh, to, you know, to make uh, gin or, or whiskey, making sanitizer is helpful both to the to the healthcare industry right now and to the public in general. And it's a good use of what distillers can do. And uh, recently, Matt, you've been doing some some ask me anything kind of stuff on Facebook. And I guess last night you did one on on distilling. Uh, will you tell us a little bit about what you're doing online, some of the some of the types of uh, ask me anything type of events you're doing and a little bit about the distilling one that you did the other night? Sure. Um, since everybody's sort of quarantined right now or self-quarantined, so I've been fielding a lot of questions online from just friends and family about what's going on and what can we expect. And it's actually part of my day job now to work on COVID response. And so people I know and care about just been asking me a lot of questions. And so a few weeks ago, I thought, well, it might be fun just to do a Ask Me Anything in AMA on Facebook Live. And I'll just hop on Patton's Facebook page and start a video and see if people have any questions. And the first one went two and a half hours. Um, wow. And, and I thought, People are sort of desperate for this human contact and this information, and it was fun, and people had a great time. So then I decided that I would just start doing them and just pick a topic, and that would be the structure, but people could ask anything they wanted. And last night, we measured the ABV of Anchor Steam using an analytical still I built. And so I, I set up the still and opened a bottle of Anchor Steam and put it into the still and then recovered all the alcohol out of it and then measured how much alcohol we recovered and then back calculated what the concentration of alcohol in Anchor Steam was and showed people how it was sort of a joke um, about all of the mislabeled alcohol content of beer lately. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I thought it'd be funny just to set up a video and do the measurement in 30 minutes of a beer that you could be reasonably confident had the correct alcohol concentration labeled on it. And did it? Um, it did. Yeah. So <laughs> Anchor Steam is 4.9 and I got just over 4.9. I got like something like 4.95 or something. And that's probably just the error in me doing it in my kitchen rather than doing it in a lab. You know? Right. right. Um, but, but we were less than 0.1% of the actual labeled amount. And so congratulations, Fritz. You did it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
So do you have any of these? Do you have another one planned or other ideas for what you're going to do? Yeah. So last night's was also wildly successful. We had over 400 views, a bunch of questions all about distillation and a lot of follow-up questions after. And I, and once again, it just really blew me away with how much people want this sort of content. And so we're going to do one on Wednesday and we're going to um, do another distillation, but we're going to distill essential oils. So we're going to distill some hop terpene, but we're also going to show you how you can adapt it to distill like lemon oil or spruce oil or things like that as well. Wow. That's uh, and then, really interesting. Yeah. And so it'll be, it'll be announced on Patton's Facebook page, but it'll be, I think we're just going to do them weekly now, every Wednesday night, Wednesday evening. Uh, and so we'll do the two that we have planned or the hop oil distillation, and then the one a week from Wednesday will be um, how to use a microscope and do a cell count. Oh, cool. And so we'll, I have a little laptop we'll be able to display, and a camera we'll be able to use that to see inside the view of the microscope and the hemicytometer and do a yeast count um, and answer people's questions about how to, how to know if their yeast is healthy and stuff. Oh, this sounds like fun. I'm definitely going to have to try to make these. Uh, Brewing Science with Matt Humbard uh, and, and learning all of this exciting stuff. So this is these are, you're going to aim for every Wednesday evening. Uh, and so this, uh, this recording that we're making right now will be out on Wednesday. Uh, so listeners, if you're listening, go check out the Patent, is it Patent Labs Facebook page. It's Patent Brewing Company okay. uh, on Facebook. Yeah, and the videos we've done so far are up there. They're Facebook, they're Facebook Live videos, and they're not edited because um, mm-hmm. it's just live streaming. Right. So the pacing can be a little slow if you're not watching it in real time. Because there's times where I'm sitting there for like 20 seconds reading questions. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and I try to repeat the question so it's all contained in the video, but it's not a cleanup product as like an edited podcast or something, but. I think it's helping people and I think it's, I think it's fun. And the feedback I've gotten is people are really enjoying it. People really enjoyed the distillation one because I don't think people realized how easy it was to determine the alcohol of a beer. Well, that's really, uh, I'm glad people are enjoying it. It's really interesting. Uh, It's a lot of fun with science and brewing science, like I said before. So listeners, once again, if you, if you want to learn about these types of things, learn more about, Figuring out the alcohol in beer uh, or, uh, I guess, you know, figuring out how to count yeast cells. Uh, check out Patent Brewing Company uh, on on Facebook. You can see these videos that Matt is doing. He's doing them now on Wednesday nights, Wednesday evenings. Uh, so check there for the next one. Uh, Matt Humbard of Patent Brewing Company and Patent Labs, thank you for coming on the DC Beer Show and telling us about this cool stuff you're doing. No problem. Well, thanks to Brendan O'Leary for being on the show. Thanks to Brian O'Connor, who built Beer Me, for coming out today uh, virtually to be on the DC Beer Show. And, of course, thanks to Matt Humbird. Remember, you can keep up with everything going on in the DC Beer scene in these crazy times at dcbeer.com or by following us at DC Beer on all the social medias. Check out our crazy Twitter channel, our fun Instagram and everything's going on in Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And remember, always drink good beer. 